Blog Talk Radio. Hello. You are now listening to The Slavic Way with DK. My name is DK and I will be your host. Now let me tell you a little bit about the show first and then we can move on. Um, I don't have a co-host, so I'll be here on my own today. And uh, this is my first show ever, so we'll see how it goes. First, I'd like to discuss some rules if somebody will call in. And all I ask is for mutual respect and no bad language. That's it. I am also the author of the Slavic Way series. Now, I will not advertise my books on this show, but for those of you who'd like, you are more than welcome to check out my webpage. Also, I'd like to talk about consistency of the show. Currently, I'm working on trying to set up when and uh, at what, what day of the week and what time I will be live. It will most likely be Friday during prime time, still working on figuring out exactly what time. So keep an eye on my page to know exactly when that will happen. Now, the topics that will be covered during the show is basically anything and everything that is related to Slavic culture. It's past, present, and future. Some of them will be Slavic heritage, deities, names, commandments, whatnot, writings, all different systems of writings, uh, folklore, and also rites and rituals. I will have some guest speakers on the show from time to time. I will post some interviews, and we'll just see how the show goes. So here we go. Let me start off with... uh, something about a word that all of us heard, but I'm not going to use. That's the word God. I'm not going to use the word God in reference to any of the Slavic deities, mainly because in many Slavic languages, the word God means reptilian, reptile, snake, and there are even expressions. When you're angry at somebody, you let's say in Russian, you may say what God, which means that snake. So I'm not going to use that word. I'm going to try to stay away from that word when referring to any of the Slavic deities. Instead, I'm going to use the word Bog, which is the Slavic word for a deity. Now, let's take a short music break. I will get my system set up here. And uh, after the music break, we'll go from there.
Okay, and now we're back with the slide with DK. And uh, the next thing I'd like to talk about is the questions I usually get when it comes to Slavic faith. And there are, all, there are really a lot of different names that are out there for what Slavic faith is. And we're not talking about Christianity. This is the native Slavic faith. And uh, the names that go around are Pagan, Radnaveria, Ingliism, or native, native Slavic faith, which was before Christianity. We're talking about anywhere from a million years ago to when Christianity first came to be in the, at the end of the 10th century. Usually the first question I hear is, how did the native Slavic faith come to be? Who started it? When did it start? And really there is no answer to that because it was so long ago that the memory of that is lost. I mean, it could have been a million years ago. It could have been a billion years ago. It just always existed. As long as Slavic people existed, their faith has always existed. And faith consists of different deities, different commandments that are in place, different rites, rituals, celebrations, you name it. There's a little bit of everything in it. Now, the second question I usually hear is how the native Slavic faith is different from other religions. Well, let's take a look at what the word religion is. Religion is basically, you take a look at the first two letters, it's re, R-E. Religion is a repeat of something. So what is it repeating? Well, if you look at many world religions and you look at Slavic faith, you will see that they're very similar, or, or at least most world religions will have something for Slavic faith. Main difference in my eyes how Slavic faith is different from world religions is in Slavic faith we do not worship our deities, we do not bow to our deities, we do not fall to our knees before our deities. We think of ourselves as their great, 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 great grandchildren and they are our great ancestors. So if you look at, uh, let's say, if you look at Perun, think of Perun as not a bog that's up in the sky who's making sure that everything is done. Right? Just think of him as your great, great, great ancestor who was also a great general who had an who still has an army that cannot be defeated, and he just watches over you. And if you're a righteous person, he will help you in all of your deeds. And it's not that he will come down and help, he will will to help you. So let's say you're laboring, laboring out in a field, and you have 
couple acres you have to dig by hand and plant for the harvest and you ask Perun for help, well, you will see how really, really easy it's going to get for you to work in your field. I mean, I worked in the field before and you look with your eyes and your eyes are scared, but your hands are doing it and you don't even notice it. You're done. And you don't even feel tired, so you move on to something else. Now, the next question I also get is, well, where can I honor my deities? Where can I go to talk to them? Do I have to go to a temple? Do I have to go to a church? The question to the answer to that is, well, you can go to a temple. There are definitely plenty of Slavic temples around, but like I said, it's not religion. You don't have to go to, let's say, specific temple. You can walk out into the field, look up in the sky, and you can honor any deity you'd like. You can set up an altar in your home, and you can do it there. There's There are no specifics. Just, as a, again, think of all Slavic deities as your great ancestors, and where would you honor your ancestors? Well, many Slavic people have altars set up in their home to their ancestors. And they look at the picture of their ancestor. Let's say it's your great-grandfather or your great-great-grandfather. It's a picture of him. You look at him. You remember him. Uh, some Slavic people, day after day, leave food for their ancestors. That's also right. And that's how you honor him. You think positive thoughts. You send your love to them. I mean, they're gone from this world, but they're not gone. Energy energy never stops existing. It just changes form. Uh, lastly, uh, the question I get is, how many deities are there? Well, how many ancestors do you have? Because any of your ancestors can become a deity. It just depends on their spiritual development. It says so in the Vedic. So usually, the answer to that is there's an infinite number of deities. And it even says in the book of Velis, it says, those who try to name all of the Slavic deities will be exiled from Rod because it's a task that's impossible to do. You can't name them all. You can have a preference. You can definitely have your preference to which deity you feel closer to, Take me, for example, I feel closer to Dasht Bog. But you take somebody else, you even take one of my relatives, and he may feel closer to a different deity. But you still have to honor them all. You can even, let's take, uh, let's say you take the deities which are considered to be dark or negative deities. You, let's say you take Chernobog. Well, if you look at some people who have no idea about Slavic faith, they look at Chernobog, they say, oh, it's the devil. Well, he's not the devil. He is Chernobog. His purpose is that which many people will think is negative, but it all depends how you look at it. It all depends how you, from which angle you look at it. His purpose is to... 
play with your mind, so to say. He tries to corrupt your spirit, corrupt your soul. And those who are corrupted, well, guess what? You didn't pass the test. And if you're uncorruptible, you did pass the test. It's that simple. So let's take uh, another short music break, and then I'll actually tell you why I choose the music that I do choose. I usually choose the ethnic music. And after the break, I will discuss that a little bit. So enjoy this short music break. It's about five minutes, and then we'll get back to our conversation of today, the introduction to the show, The Slavic Way with DK. I'm DK, and I'm here to educate you to provide answers about the native Slavic faith. Once again, this is the Slavic faith before Christianity. Before Christianity came and destroyed what was so dear to us.
Okay, now back to the show. Like I said, music breaks are mostly for me to get my information together, get ready for the next segment of the show. The Another reason for music is the self-development of each and every one of us. Music has a direct impact on how we perceive the world and even from the types of music people listen to, we can understand what level of development those people are at. So one of the toughest levels of development is when you prefer to, when you listen to ethnic music. And listening to ethnic music can help you rise to that higher level of self-development, of your spiritual development. Many different music genres that are out there are designed to bring you down to lower your development level. So let's move on and uh, let's take a look at what we can talk about next. Well, when people begin to wake up, when people begin to start asking questions about, well, how I get back to my roots, how I, uh, where do I start? That's one of First questions, where do I start? Well, start start with something simple. It can be even as simple as hygiene. You take a look at one of the commandments of even Bok Perun, the one we talked about earlier. One of his commandments is wash your hands after all of your doings and uh, cleanse your body basic hygiene there, and that's been known to our ancestors for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You do something, you go outside, you dig in your garden, you prepare firewood for the winter. When you're done doing that, wash your hands. Basic hygiene. And that's been known to us for many, many millennia. Also, another way how uh, Slavic people have stayed clean for tens of thousands of years is uh, Banya, Russian Banya. And I'm not going to say Russian because it's not Russian. Russian is a word that's actually been created probably about a hundred years ago. The word is Rus. It's not Ras, it's not Russian, it's Rus. And it refers to all Slavic people. And when you want to say something that belongs to Rus, you say Russian with one S, not two. So if it's two S's, it's Russian. But if it's one S, it's Rus or Russian. And Banya is actually a really, really nice creation of the Slavic people. It's Sana, but... It's dry sauna. And usually it's a standalone building. And what you do is uh, you heat it up real nice. And I have one by my house. And let's just say temperatures get really hot in there. I have a thermometer in there. And usually when it's at its peakest, it's about 110, 120 degrees Celsius or centigrade. So it's really hot in there. And you go in there for anywhere from like 
three, five, ten minutes. And you get yourself heated up real hot, and it's actually the best time to use it is during winter because then the shift in changer, uh, the shift in temperature is just amazing. You go inside, it's 110 degrees in there, and then you run outside into the snow and it's minus 20. And that's insane. And you actually don't feel cold at all for at least several minutes. And then after you run out into the snow, you can either jump into the body of water or you can run back into the into banya. And that's how you stay clean. Usually uh, a session in banya was done once a week. And people stayed healthy, people stayed clean. I mean, Slavic Rus never had the types of diseases that Europe had, that the other the rest of the world had, well, until Christianity. Christianity is pretty much was able to destroy all that there was of Slavic culture. Now, these days I walk in, let's say you walk into a restaurant or any, even if you, even if you walk in, I like fast food places. You go into the bathroom and we're still talking about hygiene. You go into the bathroom and most fast food places will have Actually, most restaurants will have a sign that says, employees must wash hands before returning to work. I love that sign, because that sign, if if you have that sign, go into your bathroom and just throw it out, because it's pointless. Well, think about it this way. Even if you have all of your employees, go to the bathroom and make sure they wash hands after they do their business in there. How are you going to keep track of all your customers? Now, I'm not a germaphobe, but this is just basic reasoning, basic logic. Let's say you have, between every employee that walks into your bathroom, you have 20, you have 10 customers. Well, out of those 10 customers, six will not wash their hands. Well, those six will still touch the door handle to and from the bathroom when they leave the bathroom. So it doesn't matter how thoroughly your employee washes his hands or her hands. That makes no difference because that door handle will still have a massive amount of germs on it that will transfer to your employee's hand right after he washed it right after he decides to leave that bathroom. So I'm actually for having a sign in all public bathrooms that says all must wash, must wash hands. All people who walk into a bathroom must wash hands. Then that's how it's going to stay clean. That's how you're going to know you're not going to have any dangerous ailments end up in your food because... Well, employee did wash hands, but then he touched a nasty, dirty door handle that uh, X amount of people touched right before him. So that's that. So uh, let's right now let's take another music break, and then I'll get into one of the Slavic deities and uh, 
we'll talk about some commandments. There are lots of commandments, and uh, we'll cover a few of them today, and we'll see if anybody has any questions. Okay, I'm back in the air, and 
This is the Slavic query with DK. I have a color on the line, so I'm going to add them in and we can move on from there. Hi okay. there. Hey. Hey, this is uh, Deb calling. Hey, you're live in the air. Okay, good. I have some questions for you about how, okay, the ancient Slavic religion combines with the Vikings. Well, because the the simplest answer to that is basically the same thing. You have to keep in mind that the Slavic faith spread with the people. And if you look at the way the people spread, according to our heritage, they spread... First, they went from Daria, the North Continent, which existed before the catastrophe. And we'll discuss Daria in one of the next shows. They moved... First, they moved a little bit south, and then they spread west. So it's still, Vikings are still Slavic people. They just separated from their original road, and they moved to new territories. So the faith, oh, of, uh, the faith of the Vikings is still finds its roots in the native Slavic faith. They're very similar. They just may have little different deities, little different... Rituals, different commandments, but it still finds its roots in native Slavic faith. I see. Because, um, you know, when I'm um, researching my history, I see that the Vikings, they came and they went through our rivers and they joined with us. They always supported us. So if there was a war, if there was a conflict with any southern nation... Every time Vikings went to war, if it, if it had uh, righteous motives, if, if it wasn't uh, invasive, uh, if they didn't try to invade anybody, if they just defended their lands, Slavic people always supported their brothers. And same was the other way around. If Slavic people were attacked, Vikings always supported them. Okay. You have to keep okay. in mind that we never invaded. We only defended Oh, yeah, I know that's right. I know that's right. Because um, from uh, my ancestors, I'm always getting the stories of how we were always attacked because of we were the food bowl of the world. Well, that, and plus there are some stories that people coming from the south searching for treasures, searching for precious metals, precious stones, just basically trying to get easy money. Let's put it that way. Uh, and okay. I, I've, I've heard a story, I'd say a couple of years ago, that there was, well, you heard the story of 300, where 300 warriors defended against Persians. Against, yes. Well, there's a similar story in Slavic folklore where there was, a, I think, a village of 2,000, and we're talking not just 2,000 men, but 2,000 men, women, children, elders, and that village was attacked by a force of 50,000 only because the, the invading army thought that they had treasure. They heard that they had uh, wealth, they heard that they had treasure, so an army of 50,000 attacked a small village of 2,000. Wow. Well, 
the story goes that at the end, the entire village was slaughtered. Yes, everybody was killed. But out of the invading force of 50,000, less than 2,000 remained. And in, oh, the wow. end, in the end, nobody found any treasure. Because the treasure that they heard of was spiritual treasure. It was knowledge. It was wisdom. It was never material treasure. That's that's terrible to kill people over just an idea. That's how it's been done for many ever since the coming of the night of Svarok. People have, uh, Slavic people have been slaughtered, killed, mainly only because they were Slavic people because they're very resistant to any influence. Yes, that's. That's about it. And I'm just so glad that you have this radio show and that you write your books so that we who stand on the ancestors, you know, the ancestors, shoulders of our ancestors, can find out more and remember everything that our relatives told us. Well, that, and you have to keep in mind that there are priests of the native Slavic faith that are still in hiding and they reveal information when the time comes for it to be revealed. Even if you look at Santias Veda of Perun, it's basically the book of wisdom of Perun. Oh yeah, well what about the vows? Well, Perun came down... Has anybody researched that? You can't uh, you can't really research it. It's either you know it or you don't, because there is only one version of it. Well, what happened okay. was Perun came down about forty thousand years ago, and he spoke to our ancestors for nine days, and that conversation was written down in the books which were called Santias. They're basically tablets made of precious metals. It's either gold or platinum. The reason is obvious. It doesn't become destroyed over time. Time cannot destroy gold or platinum. Yes. So those... So, that, where, are these that, books, where are these books kept at? Are they in the Ukraine? Uh, usually they're kept by the priests of the native faith and... More, many of them have been destroyed. Actually, what happened was during when Bolsheviks came to power and they took over, they would come to small villages and small towns in, would say, probably in Siberia, because I don't know of anybody who possesses such knowledge in Ukraine. But they would come to small villages and small towns and ask to see the books of wisdom. And... Slavic people, they're very naive sometimes. They are very trustworthy. So they would show them these books. They would take the books and they would take them away and either put them in storage somewhere that no 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 one has access to them or destroy them because they were made of gold. So they would melt them down and use gold for as money. Yeah. And now the books that still do remain they are hidden, and nobody, no matter how much you ask, almost nobody can take a look at them. And as time progresses, as time moves on, these priests of old, uh, 
Slavic faith, they reveal one book at a time, one bit of information at a time to Slavic people. At this time, only one book has been made public, and that's uh, the first circle, the first book, basically discussed everything that was told by Perun to Slavic people on the first day. Oh, okay. So I now, did have... I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay. I did find a book of vowels on the computer, and I had downloaded it, and then my computer broke. And when I went back to go look for another copy of the book of vowels, it was gone. <laughs> See how powerful the book is? You downloaded it and the, your computer broke. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. And I don't know. Someone had transcribed it and put it up to be able to be PDF downloaded. But then when I went back for a Google search to find it again, I could not find it. I could not find it at all. Well, you, you also, also have to keep in mind, Deborah, that... Uh, all of the people, I don't know anybody in the U.S. who's doing this. I'm, I'm thinking I'm one of the first ones. But all of the people in Russia who are trying to bring this information to life, who are trying to bring this information forth, they are being, well, basically shut down. Oh, There's the Slavic a, way is being shut down? No, I'm talking about people in Russia who are trying to, through different channels, who are trying to bring all this Vedic information forth. Right. They're being shut down because there's been oh, wow. many different websites with just tons and tons of information that have been shut down over the years. And right, and repeat. Well, gov government uses different... Uh, it's not even government most of the time. It's just... Uh, even whoever hosts the website, they use different excuses. Oh, your web website had a virus, so we had to shut it down. Or just any kind of excuse. There's also a really nice uh, law in Russian Federation right now that people are aware of. It's basically Law 282, which can find... Which can Say that any information that extreme is to be pursued by law. Oh. So yeah, it's I'm very very that. difficult. It's very difficult for those people in Russia to bring information forth if they are basically pursued by the government and are shut down. And I've. There's been actually two authors that I know about. Uh, one author is Trichlebov, and he's been, I think he's on house arrest right now for publishing his book in Russia. And his book is really interesting to read for anybody who uh, can read in Russian. Now, another author I know is uh, Father Alexander of the English Church, I think he's also on house arrest because they published the Slavic Aryan Viede, and that information oh, wow. was uh, that information was deemed extremist. So, 
I think he's in house arrest, and it's very difficult for people in Russia to bring this information forward. Now, you're in the Ukraine, yes? Well, I'm half the time in Ukraine, half the time in the U.S., so I'm back and forth all the time. Oh, well, that's good that they don't shut you down yet. Well, U.S. has different laws. I mean, I deemed my actually many authors i followed the example of many authors in uh, russia is when you deem your books or your information when you deem, when you deem it fiction it's fiction so they can't really shut you down you just go about basically i made everything up uh, uh, so it's a, that's it, very it's, good. A, it's a good way around it yeah yeah and then people can take with it from it what they want. Oh yeah, I mean, look at my uh, look at my latest book that I just released, uh, the For- uh, Forbidden World. The book itself is fiction; it's completely made up, but it has elements in it that are based on truth. So. Oh wow! It's for the yeah. people to to read and to decide what's true and what's not. I mean. I'm looking forward to reading it. Have you published it yet? Yes, I just released it in paperback, so it should be available on CreateSpace, and I provided a link on my website, on my uh, page on on Facebook. But let me see if it's on uh, Amazon yet. I'm actually quite... Okay. So tell me about the music that you've been playing. That first, that first song was lovely. Um, because it's a podcast, it's not really a radio radio station. I try to find ethnic music or somebody who will provide ethnic music that's not copyrighted. So oh, okay. The ethnic music that I have, I have no idea where it comes from. It's just somebody playing on the instruments, basically like a garage band who wants to get their music out there. So I just play it, and if somebody recognizes them, maybe they'll go out and buy a disc or download it. I mean, I have no idea who the performer is. I just went on and looked for ethnic music that's not copyrighted and downloaded it. Oh, sweet. Well, how, how good for that band. <laughs> yeah, that's so, wonderful. So I just checked, and Forbidden World is up on uh, Amazon, so you can definitely order it through Amazon I can, now. I can order it through. Wonderful. Okay, well, thank you so much. Now, the next, um, next thing I wanted to do in this part of the show, and you might actually enjoy it, and i definitely like to get your opinion on it, because uh, I, I've had different responses to it, and from the information I published in my books, and I would like to go over uh, some of the commandments of Bok Perun and see what you think of them. I mean, some of them make sense. Some of them people had some nasty things to say about. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll read them off one at a time, and we'll just discuss them one at a time. We still have about an hour okay. left in the show, so we've got plenty of time. Okay. So the, the first commandment, and... I'm going to say this. I did not come up with these. <laughs> these I found passed down from the priest of the ancient Slavic faith. They published them. All I did was translate them and put them in my books. 
So the first commandment is honor your parents and take care of them at an old age, for as you will show care for them, the same care your children will give to you. Makes sense. Yes. And uh, what this comes down to is if you have children in your home and your your parents are still alive, your children, whether you want to or not, they know how you, uh, they see, they know the way you act around your parents. And because you are their example, when they grow up, they will take care of you in the same way. So if, let's say, your parents are elderly and you put them in a home, and then when you grow up, you become old, and even if you become senile, your children put them in the home, and now all of a sudden you have a problem with your kids putting you in a home. Well, you have only yourself to blame. That is the truth. Right now, my husband and I, we take care of his mother. See, and that's the way to do it. And uh, for many, many generations, even after Soviet Union, even during Soviet Union, Slavic people always took care of their parents. So if any home you would come into, you would probably see one grandparent in that home. And it was not because they they needed a babysitter for somebody to look after the kids while mother and father went to work, but it was because it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do, yes. And uh, yeah. when I'm in the U.S., I uh, always listened to the radio every time I w- would go to and from work, and I heard this thing called, well, in the U.S., they complain right now that there's a what's I quote sandwich generation. So you would have a parent who has to take care of a grandparent and also of a child. And they're like, Oh, this is so difficult for a parent to take care of their parents and also their children and maybe even grandchildren. That's not right. Uh, Let's provide some social help, some uh, government assistance. So grandparents can be put into nursing homes, uh, elderly homes, just so uh, current generation doesn't have to take care of them. Well, I'm actually against it. As am I. Well, what they're trying to do is basically what they legally want to separate generations. So they want to yes. cut off your roots. Yes. But you know, it was strange. Uh, Dimitri? When I was a little kid growing up on a tomato farm in Pennsylvania, three and four generations of a family would live in a house. All right, and we would all take care of each other. So this is something that did not go away right away. So, you know, this is what I saw. You you also have to keep in mind that currently we're in a time phase of the morning of Svarok, which means the darkness is going away. What what it means for us is, well, it's going to suck, really, because it always gets worse before it gets better. So right now, the powers of darkness, as I call them, they will try to do everything they possibly can to stay in power. And that will be... 
bad for us. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always back. It's just before it goes late. So we have a lot of hope to come. Yeah. We have a lot of hope to be coming for the future. So the second, uh, second commandment is keep the memory of all ancestors of your rod and your descendants will keep memory of you. This is pretty, I think it's really amazing, but if you look at the current generations, if you, even if you look at yourself, how many generations back can you actually name all of your ancestors? Here's a big question. How many? Usually none of us can go more than like five or maybe six, seven generations back. Yeah, I can only go back to uh, Baba, my Baba. And and um, her. I didn't know her husband. He had passed away. But that was my great-grandmother. So. Now, let, let me blow your mind and I'll tell you this. Um, I, I wish I could do it, but because I live in Ukraine and much of my history, much of my heritage was destroyed over the past 100 or so years. Oh, wow. Um, I heard of some people, these are people who live in isolation somewhere deep in Siberia, northern Russia. Some people are able to name their ancestors 400 generations back. Wow. Wow. And they don't even have to write it down. It's never been written down. It's always, uh, usually it's the grandmother who teaches grandchildren all of their ancestors about four or five hundred generations back. Now, if you consider a generation to be, let's say, 20, 25 years, that's what, about 10,000 years of heritage right there? Oh my. Wow, that so, does blow my mind. So, so think of, immediately it makes you think about uh, Christianity, which came and christened Rus. And they said that before Christianity came, before they came and, I quote, enlightened us, there were only barbarians, nearly animals, who lived here. Yeah, well, they don't know much. And I know my my relatives, they practiced something that was called double faith. Yes. Okay. And that so was, there that was, 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 go ahead. Uh, they would like uh, go to church on Sunday, but yet they would worship their gods too. So, you know, yeah. and we had uh, we had a, a, a what do you call that? Like a sauna that we would go into, and uh, Danya would live there in the sauna. Oh, yeah. And that, yeah. that was so. actually that was very big all throughout Rus up until the year seventeen hundred. Everybody wow. would practice it, it. Like you said, it was called double faith. Everybody would go to church, do what they were told to do, actually do what they were forced to do. And then after church, they would go home and uh, feed their dumb boy. They would uh, worship, well, they would honor their ancestors. They would honor their deities. And nobody would know about it outside of the home. So to right. I've asked the Domovoy to come. I've asked the Domovoy to come to my house, but I don't know. Maybe my dogs upset him. 
They actually like I I don't know why, but Domovoy he likes cats. Oh, okay. So if if you okay. have a black if you have a black cat inside your home, uh, he might be drawn to the black cat. I don't know why, but okay. yeah, they do they do prefer cats. And uh, in my house, like every time I hear something, some noise that I cannot explain, I'm like, oh, it's probably Domovoy doing his stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you got one in your house you invited him uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I have one I've never seen him and it's really really on rare occasions a Domovoy will reveal himself to the owners of the house there, there's been occasions and people say that he looks like a what, dark furry creature but yes. it, it's I'm sort of like a dirty occasion. leprechaun, you know, I would a dirty say, I would leprechaun. Say, I would say like, uh, well, have you seen Star Wars? Yeah. I, I remember in uh, Return of the Jedi, they have those little furry bears on the planet? Yeah. Yeah, that's the Ewoks. Yeah, that's what I think the Domovoy would look like. That that's probably what he would look. But you also have to keep in mind. I've read I've read one story, and I I have no reason to doubt it to be like a made up story. I think it's a completely true story. They are spiritual beings. They can manifest in our world, but they're spiritual. Therefore, they are very very strong. So it doesn't matter if you're an Olympic world champion in powerlifting. Damavoy can overpower you if he chooses to. And oh, wow. I've read I've read stories where uh, guests would insult, for somehow insult Damavoy, and he would show he would display actually, like violence towards them. He would chase them out of the house. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden, uh-huh. people people scream like the house is haunted. The house is haunted, like poltergeist. Um, I would say like, well, look at yourself first. Look at what you're doing wrong, and uh, it's not the that's the house. Well, haunted. you know, apparently the people that were insulting this domovoy were not Slavic, because they should know better than to do something like that. Well, you also have to keep in mind that many Slavic people right now are very ignorant and they have no idea what their culture is or where they came from. Well, I don't know about that because all right, everybody that I've met that I tell that I am Slavic, they go, oh, me too. And it's almost like we have a, a blood bond between each other, that they become my instant friend. I don't know well, what it is about it, but you know, the ones because... that are recognizing it. But then this is a pagan group to begin with anyway. See, okay. some people I talk to, I, I I would speak to people, let's say, from Poland. Yeah. And because of because of the recent events that took place in Ukraine, they see that I'm originally Ukrainian, and they'd be like, "So, what's your re- relationship to uh, Stepan Bandera?" And I'm like, "Who's that?" Well, he, um, uh, he's a historical figure that many people think he was like sort of really violent and killed a bunch of men, women, and children. 
So so many people compare him to like Hitler. Ah. But some people from Poland would ask me, well, it's like, well, what do you think about Bandera? And I'm like, he's a historical figure. That's it. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I never met the guys. <laughs> and uh, yeah. just because, just because I see they automatically because they think he's a negative historical figure, they ex- expect me to hate him because they do. And when I tell and when I tell him, it's like, well, because I don't know him, I don't know enough about him to create my own opinion. They're like, well, I'm not gonna talk to you because you're Ukrainian, and he was Ukrainian. I'm like, okay, whatever. Oh. Moving on. <laughs> so tell us another commandment, because you know, here in America, I'm still reaching and grasping to know more of my historical roots and there's still a lot of yet that I have to read to understand it all. Well, the next one is uh, protect old and young, fathers and mothers, sons and daughters, for they are your relatives, wisdom and color of your people. Now, when you look at, actually, when you look at all these commandments, they can be applied not only to Slavic people, they can pretty much be applied to almost any culture. Yeah, definitely. So the next one is educate your children to love the sacred land of the great race so they would not be tempted by the wonders of other lands and could themselves create wonders more wonderful and beautiful to honor your sacred land. And that's what's not, not, that's one commandment that's mostly not being done right now, is educating our own children. Because who educates our, our children? The system does. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And you know what really hacks me off? Is um, some of those, um, what, like the language things where you can go off and learn a new language. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, they, they have these programs. I can't remember the name of the programs. But uh, I know one that's called have Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone. Yeah. They, have, they have Russian, but they do not have Ukraine. They do not teach Slavic languages. Well, you know? if, you, if you learn, if you learn, learn any Slavic language, if you learn even if you learn Serbian, uh, Belarusian, you learn Russian, any Slavic language, you, it will be very easy for you to learn any other Slavic language because they all come down to the same root language, which is the Old Slavic and before that the Ancient Slavic. Because I know that the Russians, not the Russians, the Soviets, the Soviets were trying to wipe out Slavic languages and replace it with uh, the Russian language. Oh, the, they're still working on trying to wipe out the Slavic languages. The Russian language is also a Slavic language. Um, I'll tell you my example. I mean, I speak Russian, I speak Ukrainian. Uh, one time I went to Belarus and uh, tell you, 
did not have a problem speaking to people over there. I mean, I had no problem understanding them, and I was speaking Russian. They had no problem understanding me. So that's how close Slavic languages are. One time I oh, went wow. to one time I went to Czech, and I have never even heard a single word in Czech language before I went. And once again, if you take your time and you listen for the similarities in the language, I had no problem communicating with people in Czech. Oh, that's good. So, so it's not dying out. It's not dying out. It's being destroyed by, well, right now it's being destroyed by the media. So you have to look at who owns the media. Because what's being done right now is a lot of words are being added to the language and a lot of older words are being kind of forgotten. Taken out. Yeah, taken, removed. Taken removed, yeah. forgotten. I'd say forgotten because they're still there. I mean, if you pick up a dictionary, you still find them. But let's face it, how many people from the current generation will pick up a dictionary? Not many, not many. Um, uh, like right now, uh, the books I prefer to read are the books that were written before uh, Soviet Union. So any book before, let's say, 1900s, try to read them. But if you want, if you truly want the books that have not been censored as much, you have to find books which are pretty pre-1700s. Oh, wow. Th that's, that's far back. Look. Yeah. And you find these once in a while, eh? Oh, I have a couple, but they're very difficult to read because they're in the, they're written in the really old language. And, yeah. yeah, I can read about half of them, but they're very, very difficult to read. You have to... There's a... I mean, there are so many different systems of writing in Slavic culture, and we'll I'll discuss those in the next show. Well, not the next show, one of the next shows, where even if you look at the Book of Vedas, I haven't seen a really good translation of it in English language, but I've seen many, many, many uh, interpretations of it in Slavic languages, and each one of them is different. That's how difficult that book is to read. Oh, wow. There, There's oh, wow. one author. He's also from Ukraine. Uh, I think he was from Donetsk, where actually the the conflict, is, conflict in Ukraine is going on right now. So I'm not sure where he moved on to right now. He was the co-author of the book of Velis, and he provided uh, the original scriptures of that book. So he actually put those in his book for other people to look over to see how close his interpretation of that book was. And uh, yeah. his, if my memory serves me correctly, his last name is Gnatyuk. I'm actually in the process of reading all of his books. He is very knowledgeable on the subject. Uh, the only, my main disagreement with him in the book of Velas is uh, there is a part in there which 
and I'm going to translate this because uh, I don't know if you're going to under understand it in the root language, so I'll translate it. Uh, there's a part in there that says the book covers two darknesses of time. Now, if you look in uh, Slavic culture, a word darkness, and many Slavic authors are of the same opinion, darkness is equal to the number 10,000. So, two darknesses means the book covers the period of 20,000 years. Wow. Now, his interpretation was, well, I'm not sure what he was thinking while he was writing that. I can't really get into his head, but he put it down as 1,000. So, instead of 20,000 years of cultural heritage, it became 2,000 years. So, that's a huge spread. And that's my main disagreement with him in his book. Other than that, his book of Belis is fantastic. If I mean, for anybody who reads in Russian language, his book uh, of his interpretation of book of Belis is probably the best one I've seen today. Awesome! That's awesome. Uh, okay, so, so let's move on. I can find it online. Well, you'll find it, but it's going to be in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> well, that won't work for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm very grateful to him for providing the original scriptures, and maybe sometime in the future I will sit down and try to interpret the book of Vedas because he did provide the original scriptures. But it's it's simple to read. It's simple to understand for me because my background is Slavic. I mean, I ended. I try to understand root languages, but to yeah. translate it to English is such a difficult task. Yeah. Main, mainly because there is a, I wouldn't call it a language barrier, I would call it the lack of words in English language. Yeah, and to try to uh, interpret a concept from one language to another, I can imagine would be very difficult. I mean, just a quick example, which I know about, is if you take ancient Slavic language, which was used, uh, people used runes to write with. Right, was that well, called Cyrillic? No, that was, that's before Cyrillic. That's oh, really? Before, that's way before Cyrillic. Cyrillic is actually... Um, Cyrillic language is the church language when uh, Kivil and Mifodi, they came, they learned Slavic language, but it was too difficult for them to explain uh, the Bible in the Slavic language. So what they did is they threw out a whole bunch of letters they found to be useless for them, and they created their own language, which later became known as Cyrillic. Okay, and that was around 988, right? It was, uh, yes, right around Christ in the Navruz, shortly after that. But here's an idea for you how rich the ancient Slavic language is. If you take the basic Karuna, which is a collection of runes, it contains 256 runes. Well, even if you take all of the time runes out, if you take all of the 
space runes out, you take the basic runes there are. There are 144 basic runes. Wow. Each rune, depending on how it's used, can have up to 50 meanings. Oh, wow. And, oh, and, wow. The, and the combination of the possible words that can be created from just that runic uh, system of writing is 50, which is 50 meanings, multiplied 144 runes to 144th power. And I'm not sure how big of a calculator you have, but you will not be able to. Yeah, name that's that number. That's that's huge. That's huge. That's beyond my brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, hmm. let's see. I I, I want to get a couple of these commandments out so we can uh, okay. move on discussing them. The next one is, yeah. do, do not create miracles to better yourself, but create miracles to better your road and the heavenly road. So what it means, uh, you, while you still have to constantly work on developing yourself, you cannot create something to physically better or spiritually better yourself, which we do all the time. I mean, like, look, just look outside, look at the broadcast right now. We created technology, we created computers, cars to better ourselves. So life would be simpler for us. The The problem yeah. with that is whenever you create something to better your existence, you lose something from your existence. Because if you look, if you look at a really old text, if you look at ancient folklore, well, we have cell phones. I mean, I, I can understand that. We want to communicate with everybody. But look at the, let's say, uh, look at how our ancestors used to communicate. I mean, before, before the night of Svarok, there was telepathy. And I actually show, uh, uh, I, I saw a TV show, let's say, I think a month ago where scientists actually proved that telepathy is possible based on our human brain. Oh, yeah, I believe that very much. And they said that all it is is just our development. Now, I do have one more caller joined in and uh, can't screen calls, but I'm going to go ahead and add them to conversation. Okay, well, it was very uh, nice talking with you, Dimitri. All right. Well, you, can to you. You, you can stay on the line if you'd like. I mean, I can have plenty of callers. Oh, okay. All right. I'll just keep quiet. <laughs> okay, so uh, new caller, go ahead. You're live. Introduce yourself. And uh, Hey, how are you? Good. I'm very pleased to find a show like this. Uh, being Slavic myself, it's... Um, Incredible to hear this on uh, this type of radio program. Well, I try to spread the word any way I can. It's very nice. You know, it's, I'm thinking my son, uh, he was born uh, uh, with a challenge in his brain, and um, he moved out of the house recently. It was very 
hard for us, especially in the Slavic community. He wasn't always, um, it wasn't always acceptable for a man of his capacity to move out of the house, but he did, and he's very happy. Um, his name is Eric. He's, uh, he's here with me uh, right now. He wanted to come on and say hello and maybe tell you quickly some of the things he's learned uh, now living on his own um, as a Slavic boy. Sure, go ahead. Okay, Eric, you pick up the phone. Hello, hello. Hi. If you have the runs, what you've got to do is, if you don't have toilet paper, just grab your shower curtain and wipe your ass with your shower curtain. Shower curtains are cheaper than underwear, and you can always wash your shower curtains. Duh. Well, I think there was a I think there was a crank called Deborah. I disconnected him only because uh Yeah. I I, I stated yeah. in the I stated in the rules right before the show, well when the show began that I will definitely prefer not to use any kind of bad language. I don't care who you are. Um, yeah. keep respectful of everybody in the community and uh Well, let's talk about let's get back to uh the, uh, the the commandments of Koran. Yeah, let's uh, do the next one. Help those close to you when they are in trouble, and you will be helped if trouble should come to you. That's good common sense. So that one is simple to understand. So next one is, let's see. Uh, do good deeds in honor of your Lord and your ancestors, and you will receive guidance of your light bogey. Well, that one is fairly simple to understand, but what I'd like to say is they are our deities. They do guide us from time to time. And even if you do bad things, they provide guidance, but not in the way that we sometimes can understand. What you have to keep in mind is they are multidimensional beings and we're four-dimensional beings. So think about it this way. How would uh, nature explain to you what it wants from you? Well, you would have to learn to listen to the wind. You would have to learn to listen to the movement of the leaves. You would have to learn to listen to just things you don't usually listen to. Even if you're, let's say you're not particularly a good person and uh, something bad happens in your life. Well, if something bad happens in your life, even if you think of yourself as the best person possible, you have to evaluate your life and see if there's a cycle or if there's a trend that you are trapped in, that you follow, that maybe not as good as you thought. Either that or sometimes I think that uh, something bad happens to you because you did something bad in a former lifetime before you reincarnated. Yes and no. Uh, you, In order for you to realize that, you have to know if you had a pr- past lifetime. Because not all of us had. Some of us are completely pure souls. 
So it actually may be our first lifetime in this exist, uh, our first life as humans in this existence. Yeah, perhaps. You never can tell. Okay, I do have another call on the line, so let me actually turn on some music right. real quick. I will screen that call, and uh, we'll get back to the show. So give me a couple okay. minutes. Okay. Okay, I can't really screen that call because uh, I'm not using the system probably correctly. So I'm going to go ahead and add this call yeah, to the conversation. I'm let's sorry? add him on. Add him on and let's see. Okay. <laughs> uh, go ahead, your life, tell us where you are, and uh, we'll go from there. I wear plastic gloves so I don't get shit on my finger. Yeah. I pull it, I pull it, I pull it. Uh, same oh, still the same idiot. Same yeah. idiot. Oh, well. I mean, All right, so let's get on to the next um, yeah, commandment. I need, I need to get a co-host, somebody to screen calls for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure that after this broadcast you're going to find someone. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, as of right now, I don't have anybody who's willing, but we'll see. Okay, so next okay. one is... Uh, Let's see, where was I? Uh, help with all your strength to build temples and altars and keep the heavenly wisdom, the ancient wisdom. Well, I see that as a, a way of... Usually, priests look after temples and altars, but they can't really build them themselves. Well, some can, some can't. Uh, I see this commandment as coming together as community and just helping each other out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then that way, everybody has a, everyone has a place to go to worship. Well, look at the way that uh, communities were built before. People would come together as a community every time there was a new member. Let's say there was a, a unity of Simya created. People would come together and build them a house within like a day or two as an entire community. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. let's see. And the next one is, is well, this was what I was talking about before, the basic hygiene. And these are commandments of Perun. So uh, one, the, one is wash your hands after all of your doings. For who, do, for who does not wash hands loses the heavenly strength. And the next one right after that is, Cleanse in the waters of Erie, the river that flows through the sacred land. Wash your white body, enrich it with the heavenly strength. So, basic hygiene, right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then also you had the the, the sauna to go into. Yeah. And uh, yeah. That, was usually, that was done, I think, about once a week. So, the next... <clears throat> The next one is validate the heavenly laws on earth which were given to you by Light Boggy. 
I think that mostly goes towards that uh, follow the laws of your deities rather than follow the laws created by man. Yeah. Yeah, everything that uh, Peren brought down was all common sense stuff. You know? It, it was uh, all good. Next one How is... How many commandments uh, are there in total? How many? Uh, for Perun, there, is, there are 33. For, oh. But but he's not the only deity. There are so many bogey that... <laughs> yeah, uh, as a total, there are probably close to 200 commandments. Wow. Yeah, and I was starting to read that, that one book about the deities that you had written. Yeah, but see, you, know. you have to keep in mind that the best... Let's see... The best commandments to follow is the two basic principles. Number one, honor and praise your ancestors and your bogey. And number two, live by your conscience. Let your conscience be your guide and in harmony with Mother Nature. That's it. You follow those two, you're good to go. Definitely. But I'll tell you what, though, here in America, we are not in harmony with Mother Nature right now. Well, you'll yeah. be surprised, but even in Russia, in Ukraine, people are not in harmony with Mother Nature. Really? I've had... You know, uh, I, go ahead. I, I I don't really know what's going on over there, except that there's the, the Russians or the Soviets are trying to take over and destroy the Ukraine. You know, that's well, all we hear about over here. I mean, don't believe everything you hear in the media. It's The way I see it is there are three parties to every conflict. So there is, right now there is the Russian Federation, there is the Ukraine, but you also have to keep in mind there is that third party. Maybe there is even more. Maybe there are four parties. Maybe there are five but there are those silent parties that are involved in a conflict that are pulling all the strings. The puppet masters. Exactly. Exactly. And you, usually nobody knows who they are. Right. Right, because, you know, I mean, you even had that one leader who was poisoned that was running, and but yet the, even though he was poisoned, he still lived. And everybody loved him. Well, they loved him to a certain extent, and then they understood that he didn't really do much for the country, so that's why he's not here anymore. Oh, yeah, he got voted out of power. Okay, so let's move on. I mean, we're, I don't really want to get political on this show. That's not the okay. purpose. I got you on that. This <laughs> is a, a spiritual show. Yeah, I mean, we want to revive what was lost and not... Right become politic politicians ourselves. Okay. Uh, so, so the, the next, next one, one next one is do not insult your neighbor but live with them in peace and agreement. I mean makes sense. Yes. Ne uh, the one much. next one is do not degrade the dignity of other people and your dignity will not be degraded. And that's, that's that's usually what we don't see today. Usually we see everybody fighting with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's very sad. 
It's very sad. You know, it's respect each other. How hard yeah, is that? Uh, uh, right now, everybody wants to be on top. Everybody thinks they're better than everybody else, and everybody is everybody else is below them. So. Yeah. Next, next one after that is do not create mischief to people of other faiths. So the book creator is one for all earths and all worlds. And I actually yeah. learned, I, I learned about this long, long ago. If it doesn't matter what faith you belong to, what religion you belong to, you still believe in something. And uh, smart people, they will. Even if uh, smart people of different religions, they will come together, they'll have a cup of tea, cup of coffee, and they'll discuss something like, oh, yeah, there is one creator, and they're not going to argue, they're just going to have a decent uh, conversation. But then again, we have all these religious wars, basically because of uh, fanatics. Yeah, of one type or another. Okay, next one is, do not sell your land for gold or silver, for you will curse yourself and never again have forgiveness until the end of your days. So don't be a sellout. <laughs> next, yeah. next one after that is, protect your land and with righteous weapons shall you have victory over your enemies. And this goes back to... Uh, Slavic heritage is what they did. They protected their land. They never invaded. They only protected. Yeah, yeah. And and actually, I'm working on a book right now, which will feature uh, Slavic folklore for the past however many thousands of years. And you, as you read through the stories in that book, you can uh, somewhat feel how the stories were changed over time. Because then, when uh, Christianity came to power, you can see such elements as materialism added. So all of a sudden, you have all these Slavic armies marching across their borders in, or, in, order, in order to loot other nations for gold, silver, and precious stones. When a reasonable, a logical person would think is like, well, why do they need gold, silver, and precious stones when they really never had the need for such things? Yeah, I thought I thought the Ukraine had plenty of gold, silver, and stones, and salt, and everything they needed right on the land. Well, we're not talking about just Ukraine. We're talking about all Slavic countries. I mean, if if okay. you val if if you value wisdom, if you value your children, if you value your parents, why would you need material possessions that are only as valuable as people make them out to be, when your wealth is in your spiritual enlightenment, in your culture? I mean, why would you need material wealth? Yeah, you don't really need that. A roof over your head, a couple cows in the backyard. Exactly. You know? I mean, you need a, a roof over your head, you need something to eat, and you need a, a child's laughter in your house. That's it. Yep, yep. You know? So what's the okay. next one? 
Next one is, uh, let's see, protect the roads of Rasiene and Svetorusi from outlanders who come to your lands with ill thoughts and weapons. This was, I think this was written in order to warn about the Christianization of Rus, because those those two roads, they lived on the border with Europe. So they were the first line of defense against the Christianization. Well, I thought that the Christianization became because a ruler invited the Christians to come. Yes, but who placed that ruler in power? That's the big question. Oh. Exactly. I mean, uh, I actually read a book not long ago which stated how he got to power, that it was basically a a huge deception from uh, enemies of the Slavic people, and the ruler himself was not of, uh, he was not the son or even he was not a relative of previous rulers, he was just placed in power because of a technicality. Oh, wow. I see. Uh, you, you I have read, I, what is this ruler's name? I can't remember. Oh, let's see. Uh, he, was a, he was like a czar. Uh, he was a knyaz. I remember yeah. his nickname. His nickname was the Red Sun. Okay. I can't remember his... Uh, so, uh, uh, this little uh, bit I want, that I, I want, have read I wanna, about him. I want to say Vladimir. I want to say okay, when I, I had read, when I had read that he picked Christianity because he looked at all the other major religions and he saw that with the Muslims you could not drink. And he was a drinker, so he picked Christianity. He, he, was, he, was, he was a drunk. He was a drunk, and uh, that's why he got the nickname the Red Sun, is because his face was always red because he drank so much. Oh, okay. Well, so what's the next one, Dimitri? Uh, next one is, uh, do not boast your strength when leaving for the battlefield, but boast when leaving the battlefield. Oh, yeah. That's not, that next, means don't be a braggart. Don't brag. Exactly. And next exactly. one is, uh, let's see, keep the heavenly wisdom in secret. Do not give the secret wisdom to outlanders. Yeah. Well, that's common that's, sense. Well, that's basically, if you give away your wisdom, somebody will find a way to use your words against you. Definitely, and that's how they lost the Book of Vows. They didn't listen to that one. Okay, next one is, do not try to convince people who do not want to hear you or listen to your words. Right, and that's like don't throw pearls before the swine. So that one is quite simple. Let's see. Next one after that is protect your temples and altars from vandalism of outlanders, for if you don't save the sacred places of the great race and the faith of your ancestors, many years of sorrow and pain will be upon you. And this is what we can... uh, this is what we see right after Christianization of Rus is all of the Slavic temples and altars were destroyed and 
look at what happened to people after that. Oh, I think they put churches in their places. They did. Yeah. But but still, people are not as happy right now as they were a thousand years ago, as they were two thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because of um, the, you know, everything was destroyed for them because of the uh, the temples were destroyed. Okay, so the next one is uh, those who flee their land in search of easy life in other lands will be considered traitors of their road and will not know forgiveness of their road for the bogey will turn away from them. This is, uh, I think, mainly goes for uh, those who basically, I'd say, deserters. So if, like, tough times come, you run away, well, I mean... That then when you want to come back, they'll be like, oh, sorry, pal. I mean, you didn't help us when we had tough times. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, it's just sad, some of the things that have happened to the Slavic peoples. You know? Okay. So we're almost done with these. Let's see. Next one is, uh, do not be joyous of the grief of others. For those who are joyous of the grief of others, invite grief into their home. That one. All of them are very good common sense commandments. The next one is do not badmouth and laugh at those who love you, but reply to love with love, and you will receive the patronage of your bogey. Love your neighbor if he is worthy of it. This one is so much different from the Bible, right? <laughs> Isn't it, though? I well, like that. Love him if he's worthy. <laughs> only, only if he's worthy of your love. I mean, don't just blindly love everybody. Only love people who are worthy of your love. Okay, so next one. Uh, this one kind of goes to the laws of Rita. And uh, this one is, do not take as a wife, a brother, your sister, a son, your mother, for you will enrage the bogey and destroy the blood of your own. So, basically, no inbreeding. Definitely. You know, that's yeah. what happened to the ancient Egyptians. That's why they went away. They were taking their sisters for their wives. They tried to keep it in the family. <laughs> uh, the next okay. one is, do not... Do not take wives with black skin, for you will dishonor your home and destroy your road. But take wives with white skin, you will honor your house and continue your road. This one, this one is actually I had the most problems with when people heard it from me. Yeah, why? <laughs> because as soon as you tell people that, well one of your commandments is not to take wives with black skin. They're like, oh, you're a racist. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, actually, right. I, I've read, I've read, I don't remember if I published it on my page. I've read a study. I, I will actually quote it right now for you. I want to see what you say about this one. I've read a study, let's see if I can find it. A study was done, it's 
the name of the study is uh, is sexual racism really racism? And I found this. It was done by University of New South Wales in Australia. And uh, basically, what they concluded. Let's see. I want to read the conclusion. Trying to find it right here. Okay. But basically, the conclusion. Okay. It's not like you wrote it. It's the God wrote it. Yeah, I know, but here's what I want to I want to tell you what people write today in our modern society. So here's the conclusion in uh, of the study. In other words, according to this study, if you've never had sex with somebody outside your race, you're probably a racist. Oh, wow. And that's a well, what if there's only white people around you, then there's not you're not a racist. Well, it's not like you're the, going out to look to go off and have sex with a black person. Well, according to the study, you are. I mean, <laughs> okay. Right, just to prove that it's wrong, I think not. You know, well, the gods they I mean, put that reason there for a reason. They put that there for a reason. Okay, so then we're almost done with these. Then I'll turn on some music, and I mean, we got like what ten minutes left in the show, so. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, what's see. the next one? Women do not wear the clothes of men, for you will lose your feminism. But wear the clothes women should wear. Okay. So don't don't wear uh, pants. Wear dresses. Wear skirts. I've actually read what some women wrote uh, about switching back to women's clothes. And overall, it was basically, I'm so happy I did that. There was a woman somewhere in Russia who did an experiment. She wore nothing but dresses for an entire year. Because before that, she used to work in an office, so she used to wear men's clothes. And her conclusion was, it's so much better for a woman to wear dresses than to wear pants. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a feminine thing. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, next now one. About, is, what, what about men that wear kilts? Well, <laughs> you also look at when pants came into existence. I mean, I think the oldest pants found were, what, three or 4,000 years old? <coughs> oh, really? Okay. So before that, wow. everybody wore some sort of, uh, I wouldn't call them dresses, but something of that sort. A robe. Yeah. Robe. Uh, uh, or, 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 or how some people call them a tunic. Yes, definitely. Okay, Got a so, tunic and a pair of pants on. Uh, for the next do not break the unity of Simya, blessed by the Bogi, for you will... Uh, for you will go against the laws of one book creator and lose your happiness. Well, basically what this comes down to, you cannot divorce the person you married. You made your choice, you have to live with it. Truly. That's why everybody should always know the person they're going to get married to very well. Well, that plus you just have to make the right choice. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay, the next one is a child will not be killed in the womb of a mother for whoever kills the child within the womb will invade the one book creator. So basically, Slavic people are pro-life. Okay. Accor- according and to that's, that what, that's what you see all over the place? That they are pro-life? What is the issue over there with, uh, is there an issue with abortion? In, uh, in the Ukraine and the Bolsheviks. The, the way I see it is, I mean, there is there is no issue. Nobody really raises an issue from it, but it exists. I mean, if a woman wants to have an abortion, she goes and has an abortion. But then it's on her. It's on her and the doctor who did it. The, yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen plenty of women on TV shows that say, yes, I had an abortion. My mom made me do it. I I hate myself for it. Well, what they tell her is it was still your choice. Yeah. In the end, it was your choice. You did the abortion. So, Okay, I think we have two left. Uh, let's see. Wives, love your husbands. For they are protectors and upholders of you and your rod. I mean, simple. Right. And the last one, do not drink many drinks made of hops. Know your limit. For those who drink much, lose a human appearance. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, I mean, I, I could not agree more. If you drink over your limit, you look like an animal in a gutter. Basically, pretty uh, much. And uh, the limit, if you believe uh, Ingliists who live way out in uh, eastern Russia, for them, uh, among them, the only people who were allowed to drink, and it was not a really potent drink, it was maybe one or two percent alcohol, the only people who were allowed to drink were the husbands who already had at least nine children. Oh, wow. So unless you had had nine children, you can't even let any type of alcohol touch your lips. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty tough. I mean, I tell tell you from my personal experience, uh, I had... I mean, I was raised raised in the States for the most part. And I had an, just the same kind of teenage life as any other kid in America. I drank a lot. I smoked a lot. And I partied a lot. But then when I rediscovered my roots, all of that stopped. Really? Well, what yeah. was it that led you to become a writer? You said you. I read, you know, that you became a writer by accident. Yes. How? What was the accident? Uh, I never planned on becoming a writer. I was just reading for myself. But then comes a moment where your glass is almost full, and you have no idea where to what to do with the contents of it. And I was talking to my brother one day, and I'm like, you know, I'm surprised that none of the information I read is available in the States. I'm like, somebody should write a book about it. 
And my brother told me, he's like, well, go ahead and write a book about it. I'm like, yeah, right. Ah. I don't even know. And I told him, I'm like, I don't even know when to, where to start. So that was that. I mean, the conversation ended and nothing happened. But then six months later or so, uh, I accidentally came uh, across an application on my uh, Mac. It was basically uh, to publish an iBook. And I said, well, yeah, and I was like, oh, I'm going to give it a shot. I have nothing better to do at the moment. So I started writing, and I did maybe like an hour or two a day. And then several months later, the first book came into being, and I published it on iBooks. And I was like, oh, that was easy. So then I looked around. I'm like, I want to see how easy it is to publish a book in paper, in paperback. And I came across uh, CreateSpace. And I published it within a week, and I'm like, oh, that was easy. So I just continued writing, basically. It was my way of sharing what I learned over the many, many years of learning for myself. Well, I'm so glad that you decided to do this. That was an awesome thing that you did. It's given me, it's opened a door for me to find out about uh, the gods and my ancestors. And the way that the things were thousands of years ago. And, and the I mean, mythology. I will tell you what I told many, many of people I've talked to. As long as people read what I'm writing, as long as people like what I'm writing, I mean, I will continue writing. Yeah, once in a while I have that one review that says something just nasty about me, but... Overall, people are happy. And usually when people are happy, they don't leave reviews. I mean, if everybody who read my book would leave a review, I would have a lot of reviews. Well, that's good. That's good. So So are uh, you published in several different places, not only in paperback, but uh, uh, e-books? You know, like all the books that you've written, I can download by Amazon, yes. I have uh, most of my books on, uh, I have them most for Kindle. I have most of them for Nook. I have most of them for Google Play. And I have most of them for iBooks. Well, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Now, the people that are in Europe, can they get these books also? Yes. And I actually do sell quite a bit, quite a bit of them in uh, UK, Germany, France, just all over Europe. I think the only continent I haven't sold on yet is Africa. That's it. That's the only continent I haven't sold a single book at. Oh my! I bet you you get a lot of books uh, purchased in uh, Canada. Uh not a lot, but I actually did have somebody buy all of my books the other day from Canada. Well, downloaded, not buy, downloaded from Canada. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's a huge Ukrainian uh, community in Canada, you know. Oh, I know. I mean, and I'm not, when I say Slavic people, I don't mean Ukrainians. I mean, I have Ukrainian background. I have, I'm, I'm yes. from Ukraine. All right, let me say, well, there's a Slavic community in yeah. Canada. Correct me then. There's a huge Slavic community in uh, Florida. Uh, there's a huge Ukrainian community in Northport, Florida, but I think most of them are Christians. 
Oh, and they are not in touch with their Slavic roots? Uh, no, they would probably uh, crucify me. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> oh. oh, well, you know, sometimes though, you know, what happened to me was I was very, very sick in '99, uh, and I had an operation. And then when I got better, my husband, God bless his soul, he took me back to uh, Pennsylvania, where there's a huge uh, uh, Slavic community in. Pennsylvania, you know, because we were invited, we were invited there by William Penn. That's uh-huh. where it became Penn. Yeah, so all the Slavs that were in Europe came to Pennsylvania, and they said, "Oh, look, gentle rolling hills, mountains, streams, rivers, nice, just like home. Let's settle here." Okay, and they did. And when I went back. That's when I got hit in the head of what I was missing in my life was my pagan roots. Oh, see, and that's usually, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I will say a few words then. I mean, we're kind of out of time and we'll continue in the next show. Um, I will say this. Usually it takes nearly some sort of catastrophe for a person who has to get in touch with his roots. And or it takes nearly a catastrophe for that person. Ooh, I have ninety seconds left. It takes nearly right. a catastrophe for the, for that person to realize that they need to get back to the roots. I mean, I've known a number. I so know when is number, your next show? When is your next show? Talk about that. Um, I will try to do my next show next week. But again, I will post everything on my page, and you know, my page it's the the Slavic way on Facebook. Uh, I will try to do it next week on fr- on Friday, but I w- it depends if I have a good internet access. I will try to do it about seven o'clock Eastern time on Friday, next Friday. Okay, so, I'll be listening. I do thank you for joining me. I mean, it was really fun to have you to talk to, and like you said, not to myself talking to a wall. Oh, so uh, it, uh, it, it's definitely to have some sort of uh, input from somebody else. Okay, well, I'll call you back next Friday then. Okay, I think actually I might have you be my co-host next Friday, so you can uh, screen those calls for me, so people don't come on and try to just be nasty on the show. Okay, well we'll have to figure that out. Um, the technology we'll behind it. Okay. We'll okay All thank right. You. Well, well, bless you. Bless you, Dimitri. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.